Welcome to this session in our men's conference, Slaying Lions, Bears, and Goliaths. I'm Philip Hunt, and I'm pleased to be with you. Take your Bible, please, and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We will be looking at verses 19 through 21 with a special emphasis on verse 19. I want to speak to you in this session on the subject, Word and Study for Lunch, and the subtitle, The Big Meal to Get You Through the Day. Let me ask you this question as we, as we consider our subject for this session. Do you, as a man, have regular personal devotions in the Word of God? Do you find time every single day, preferably in the morning, do you have time that you are digging into God's Word for a period of time before you start your day? My challenge to you in this session uh, is going to be uh, a challenge and laying out the case of why this discipline must be a part of our daily lives as men of God. 2 Peter chapter 1 the Apostle Peter writing in verse number 19 says, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first, of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from anyone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Think about, if you will, with me for a moment, think about all of the advances in communication that we have seen in our world over the past hundred years. The postal system, telegraph, telephone, cell phone, email, social media, and now FaceTime and WhatsApp. I mean, the, 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 the most technological advances in the history of the world has happened over the period of the last hundred years. But I want to ask you this, men. Is life better? Are we heading in the right direction? Are we as a society more God-fearing and more God-honoring? Are our homes more godly? Are our children more righteous? Are our marriages healthier? Have all of these advancements of modern times made us more godly and more committed to knowing him? Or has this progress steadily led us down the path of self-glory, self-pleasure, self-worship, and ultimately self-destruction? Men, we are in a spiritual war where the enemy of our soul advances his agenda to cripple our effective witness as men. His goal is to render us ineffective 
in carrying out the mission of God in our generation. Men, there is an urgent need for us to be equipped for this battle every single day by personal study in the Scriptures. Without the study of the Scriptures, we go out into battle as we leave our homes and we venture out into our workplaces, as we interact in our communities and as we engage our culture. We venture out into the battle without weaponry, without tactical gear. It would be like sending an army into one of, the, one of the epic battles of history, but giving them no shells for their, no, no weapons to carry, no shells uh, to, to fire in their cannons, no protective equipment, no tactical gear. Just, just go out and, and charge the enemy. Brethren, we cannot win spiritual battles with human fleshly tactics. I hope you have your Bible, and I hope that you're willing to use it in our session today. I want, I want you to turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul is writing to his, his protege, this young pastor in Ephesus, and he says, he says this in, in 2.15, he says, do your best, Timothy, to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. Why? Because you are rightly handling the word of truth. What does it mean to study the Bible? What does that mean? What does it mean to take the scriptures seriously? In the darkened culture of Peter's day, God had provided his people with the power of Christ for life and godliness. God then encouraged them and gave them the promise of his coming so that they could take courage and comfort to know that though they were suffering because of their faith, that this would not always be the way that it would be. Change was coming because Jesus is coming. And then in our text, God gave them the provision of his word. Notice, notice chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse, verse number 3. Notice what he, what he says. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It is the, it is the, it is the miraculous working of the power of Jesus in us and to us and for us and ultimately through us and through this divine power, he has is, he is, he is laid out for these, these uh, Christians who are facing these trials and tribulations that, that through his divine power, he has given us everything that pertains to life, how to live our life, and godliness, how to live our life in a way that honors and glorifies God. And so we see that the power of Christ has been made available to us for life and godliness. But notice also the encouragement in, in, in chapter 1. Look at verse 16. 
For we did not follow cleverly devised myths. This isn't about religion. This isn't about going through the motion of some uh, legalistic church uh, traditions, right? He, he says, we did not do that. We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power, and here it is, and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And so, so he encourages these suffering Christians, these Christians who are facing trials, with the, with the reality of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is coming. He is coming at any moment. His return for his church is imminent. And in the meantime, as we are, 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 are living in the power of Christ and, and anticipating this promised coming of Christ, God has given us the provision for life and godliness, the provision for the battle that we are in through his word. The Bible is God's enabling power to live a life that is pleasing to God. As Paul put it to Timothy, the scriptures are sufficient to equip us as men for every good work. So I want to, I want to challenge us as men for these next few moments. And, 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 and so look again, please, in our text in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. Let me give you an exhortation. Number one, you and I as men we must, first of all, personalize the Word of God. We must personalize the Word of God. You say, what, what, what do you mean? Notice verse 19. You see what he says? And we have the prophetic Word. Notice that this Word of God is personal. We we have this prophetic Word, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. You see, men, God has given to you the Holy Scriptures, and He's giving to you the Scriptures personally. And in fact, many of us as men have multiple copies of the Word of God. You likely own multiple versions and translations of the Word of God, and you even have a copy on your mobile device. God has personally given to us as individuals His Scripture, His Holy Word. We have it. You're holding it right in your hand. You see, God did not only forgive you of your sin and restore you into a right relationship through your faith in Jesus Christ. He did not only do that. He also provided something to help us stay on the right path. Not only did he redeem us, not only did he save us and deliver us from, from the, 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 the righteous anger of God and our punishment and, 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 and death, he, he delivered us through faith in Christ, through, through Christ's finished work on the cross, but, but he went further than that. He also provided everything that we need, right? He says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness in a previous 
in a previous session, we, we noted earlier on in this, in this series, we, we noted that, that we have three powerful enemies. Every man, every Christian man has three powerful enemies. We said the world, the flesh, and the devil. And yet God has given us personally everything that we need that pertains to our life and to living in a godly way. So he's provided something to help us stay on the right path and to be successful in the journey. And the thing that he gave us is his word. This is a sure and sound word. In other words, this word of God is sure and reliable. You can count on it. You can build your life on it. This, this, this holy word of God is for you personally. It's not just for the pastor of your church or some few spiritual leaders to invest their life in. God's intent is that every man of God is, is personally engaging the word of God in their lives. Not only do we, do we see that this word of God is personal, we, we have this prophetic word, but we have this prophetic word. In other words, the word of God is present. We have it right now. You, as a man, as a Christian man, you, present tense, have this prophetic word confirmed to you right now. That's what he says. We have, present tense, the prophetic word more fully con confirmed to which you do well to pay attention. You and I, men, have constant access to the Word of God. You and I can go to the Word of God any time we want to. You and I, by the grace of God, do not live among some unreached people group in the northern part of our continent. We don't. God's mercy and grace has reached out to us. We, we, we are not amongst those who, who have never heard of Christ or never have held the scriptures in their hand. That is not our lot. God has been merciful. Not only is this word personal, it's for us, but this word, it, word is present. We have it. So the first thing that we, we see is that we must recognize the personal nature of the scriptures. We must personalize the word of God. Number two, we must pay attention to the word. I think you can see that clearly. Look again at verse number 19. And we have the prophetic word. That, that prophetic word is speaking in general terms. It's, it's a broad idea from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. The Old Testament as well as the New Testament scriptures. The, the scriptures themselves, the prophetic word. Notice what it says. More, firmly, more fully confirmed to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. How, how long are we to pay attention to this? Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So we must, number two, men, we must pay attention to the word. Why? Well, he said right here in verse number 19, because we live in a dark place. Right? He says, take heed to the light, engage your mind, engage the Word of God every day. Why? Because it is God's light to light your path in a dark culture, in a, in a sinful world, in a dark environment. 
It is the light of the word that shows us the path. What does it mean to, to, to pay attention to the word of God? Well, take heed to the light. Well, what, what does it mean to pay attention to this, to this word, to this light? Well, certainly it means that we are to love and value the word. I mean, think of Job. Job, in the midst of his afflictions, he is suffering. He has lost all of his children. He has lost his physical health. He is in agony. Boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. His wife has turned on him. His only support structure that is remaining has literally turned to him and said, do you retain your integrity, Job? Just curse God and die. And then the friends show up to begin to accuse him of some sinister wrongdoing that must be hidden in his life as to the reason why he's suffering. Look at what Job, look what Job says about the Word of God. Job 23 and verse number 12. He says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. Listen to this. I have treasured. We know what a treasure is, right? Something of, of immense value to us. Some jewel, some, some, something that's of, of, of amazing value. And he says, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know what Job is saying? Job is saying, in a day, in a 24-hour period, if it really came down to eating my enshima and my chicken, or eating and feeding on the word of God, I treasure the word of God more then I treasure my necessary food. Can you say that? Do you value and love the Word of God in that way? We must pay attention to the Word because we live in a dark place. We must learn to love and value the Word. We must learn to learn and study the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15, we read it just a moment ago. One translation says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a worker that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. We're to learn the Word of God. We are, we are to study the Word of God. And then, of course, as we value it, and, we, and if we value it, we will then learn it and study it. We will spend time in it because we value it. And when we value it and we study it, do you know, do you know what that leads to? That means we now live and obey the Word. Because the, the Word of God reorients the way we view things. It reorients our priorities. It reorients the way we do life, the way we do relationships, the way we do church, the way we do business. The scriptures change us. The, the scriptures remold us into the image of God. This is why we must take heed to the light. N notice what he says back in our text. He says, he says, you will do well to pay attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place. You see, the word of God is a light shining in the dark. The, the word shines light into our dark culture and onto our dark hearts. You say, well, why is it so dark? Why is it that our culture, why is it that our world, why is it that society, why is it that governments, why is everything so dark? 
Why is everything so dominated by sin? Why is everything so upside down? 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us the answer to that. It says that the God of this world has darkened, has blinded the minds of those who have not believed. In other words, an unregenerate, dark mind can look at the same evidences that a Christian looks at and somehow say, that's just a blob of cells. That's not a baby. It's ludicrous. And, 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 and as, a, as a Christian whose mind has been saturated by the truth of Scripture, you look at the exact same scan. You watch the same ultrasound of that baby in the mother's womb, and you can easily say that's a baby. Why, the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who are lost. 1 John 5.19 says that the people of the world, non-believers, lie in the arms of the wicked one. Right? I mean, it's like a little baby lying in the arms of his mother, totally, totally helpless, totally content. This is, the, this is the lost, dark, dying world around us, lying in the arms of Satan. And, 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 and Peter is saying to us as Christian men, listen, you need to do well, you need to pay attention to the scriptures as a lamp shining in a dark place. So we must pay attention to the word. Why? Because we live in a dark place. Number two, because of its overwhelming value. Its overwhelming value. I mean, you think about what the scriptures say about the scriptures. If you've got your pen, I'm going to give you some, some verses. We, we're not going to read most of them, but, but, but you may want to jot them down. Listen to what Scripture says about the Scriptures. Why is it that Job would say, I love and value the words of God more than my physical food? Why? Because, because it has over, overwhelming value. I mean, think about this. Hebrews 5, 12-14 and again, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, we learn that the, the scriptures, the word, is the means of our spiritual growth. In fact, in fact, Hebrews talks about the word being milk and meat. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul is lamenting the fact that these Corinthians have been saved for an extended period of time, and, and he says, but I, I grieve because at a time in which I should be feeding you solid food. I can't. You're still immature. You still don't know the scriptures. I have to again feed you the milk of the word. You've not grown up. You're immature. You're, you, there's all these fightings in your church and arguing and immorality and sin. There's all this chaos about speaking in tongues and spiritual gifts and, 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 and fights over who is the, your favorite leader. There's all this chaos going on in your church. Why? And because you've never grown in your spiritual faith, in your spiritual walk. Why? Because they're not people of the book. You see, the word of God is the means of our spiritual growth. Number two, 1 John 2.14 tells us 
that it is the word, the scriptures, that give you your spiritual muscles. I mean, a weight, think of a weightlifter, right? Think of somebody who's a sportsman, and they get into the gym, and they're, and they're, they're pressing iron. They're, 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 they're working out. They're, they're, they're strengthening their, their muscles. It is the Word of God that strengthens our spiritual muscles, gives us backbone, gives us the ability to stand, and having done all to stand in the midst of this spiritual battle. Ephesians 6.18. The third thing that we are told, Ephesians 6.18, is that the, that the Word of God is, is the sword of the Spirit. You see, the Word is your weapon, men, to engage and overcome the temptations of Satan, the world, and your flesh. Why do we lack victory as Christian men? Is it because, could it not be, because we take so lightly those Scriptures, the Word of God? Again, I want to ask you that question that I asked you at the very beginning. Do you spend time every single day having your personal devotion? Do you, do you treasure this book? Do you value the benefits of this book to your spiritual life? It's your weapon to engage and overcome in the midst of spiritual battle. 1 John 1, 1.9 and together with John 15.3 and John 17.17, 17, we learn that the word is what cleanses us from sin. Ephesians talks about the washing of the water by the word. It cleanses us from sin. Number five, Psalm 119, 105, says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, the word is the light that shows you the right way to go. It shows you, it illuminates the path for your feet on a day-by-day -day basis. As you, as, you, as you navigate your life, as you navigate business, as you navigate relationships, as you navigate church, in the midst of all of this darkness and chaos and confusion of the world, the thing that shows you and brings you stability and gives you confidence to walk forward is the Word of God. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Number six, 1 John 5.13 tells us that the Word of God is what assures you that you're a Christian. It's the testimony of God himself in the Word that brings us the assurance of our salvation. And number seven, Joshua 1.8. It is the Word of God, the Scriptures, that guarantees you God's measure of success for your life. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may do all that is written therein. Then what does he say? Then you will, God will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So we must pay attention to the word, Peter says. You do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Why? Because we live in a dark place because of its overwhelming and because of its overwhelming value. Number three, you must prioritize the word. You must prioritize the word. 
You see, you can have confidence in the Word of God that it will do what God says it will do, that it will be effective in our life as men, because we can have confidence in the source. Do you see that in verse 20 and 21? Knowing this first, that first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from anyone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were inspired, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we can have confidence in the Word of God. We can prioritize, we must prioritize the Word because it is the Word of God. It came from God. He is the source. This Word came from God Himself. He inspired men to pen down this, these words. And in this book, he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So you can have confidence because of the source. Number two, you can have confidence in the life-changing effect of the word in your life. Look, there are very few meals that I've eaten in 54 years that I remember. I'm sure once in a while you just have an amazing meal in an amazing place and you remember it. But I'll tell you what, I have eaten a lot of meals day in, day out, year in, year out, and I can't remember any of them. But just because I can't remember what I had on my menu two days ago does not negate the fact that it had a positive impact on my life. I mean, I grew from, from being a small infant into a, a mature man. I, I, I am sustained every day by the food that I eat, even though often I don't remember the meals. This is the way it is with the Word of God. You can have confidence in the life-changing effect. Now go back to the text. Notice what it says? You do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns, and the morning star arises in your heart. What happens? Darkness turns into light. Light gives direction. So we must prioritize the word because we can have confidence in the source. It came from God himself, and we can have confidence in its life-changing effect. What are some reasons, perhaps, men, that you do not prioritize the word of God in your daily life? Brian Becker gave, gives us a list. I thought, it was, I thought it was thought-provoking. Let me share it with you. He wrote, he gave five suggestions. Reasons that we fail to prioritize the Word of God in our daily life. Number one, we look at devotions as a task to complete instead of a relationship to enjoy. I mean, it's, it's like, i got to go through this legalistic thing. i got to read my Bible. I just have to do this. I, I have to read a few verses. i got to tick this off my list. And we look at it as a legalistic task instead of coming to it and realizing this is a relationship with the king of the universe, the creator God of heaven who meets with me in the pages of scripture and speaks a prophetic word into my life from his word. Number two, the reason, second reason we fail to prioritize the word is we don't make time and designate a place. We don't put it in our schedule. 
Right? We, we get up in the morning, we've got an agenda, we wake up late, we run around, we head out the door to go to work or whatever it is that we do, and we never prioritize, we never prioritize time for the Word of God. And, and, and you might say, well, I'm going to prioritize time, but, but you also need to designate a place. Where are you going to go? Maybe it's a corner of your sitting room, maybe it's, maybe it's your back veranda. Maybe you have a little desk in your, in, your, in, your, in your house. I don't know where it is, but a specific spot and a specific time that you are going to make and set aside where you meet with God in his word. Number three, the third reason we fail to prioritize is that we don't have a plan. We don't have a plan. So, so I mean, look, in our day, there's no excuse. Download a free Bible reading app or a Bible reading plan. Get a schedule off the internet, whatever it takes, but make a plan where you're going to systematically read the scriptures. Number four, we do devotions based on our feelings. Well, I think a lot of us do this, don't we? It's like, we, make, you know, we hear a lesson like this, we, we hear a challenge like this, and we go, I'm going to do this, but then the next, but tomorrow morning, you know, I just, I'm aching my back, I wake up, I'm like really tired, I had a rough week, I just don't feel like getting up at 5.30, half an hour earlier. I just don't feel like it, so I'll do it tomorrow. We let feelings dictate whether or not we're going to spend time with God. And number five, we fail to prioritize God's word in our life because we lack accountability. Men, we need other men who will, who will love us and come alongside us and look us in the eye and ask us, have you spent time in God's word today? How many times this week, how many days this week have you read your Bible? We need accountability. Let me encourage you, get an accountability partner and keep each other in the Word every day. Let me, let me wrap this up by giving you some practical suggestions for prioritizing the Word of God in your daily life. Um, or perhaps you could say this is how you can establish a daily devotions in the Word. Uh, let, 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 me, let me give you six, six short statements. All right? Number one, read it every day. Read it every day. Make up your mind seven days a week. Without fail, I'm going to read the scriptures. Number two, set a regular time and place. I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier than what I usually do. I mean, in my, in my house, uh, with my schedule and all that's going on, I pretty much, almost seven days a week, um, I, I get up about four o'clock in the morning. And I get a shower, and I get my cup of coffee, and usually by about 4.30, I'm sitting in my place. And I'm there to spend time in the Word. Set a regular time and place. Number three, expect God. In other words, come to the Scripture. Expect God to speak to you as you read the Word. Because He will. It's living. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So come expecting God to speak to you. Number four, read looking for spiritual help. Lord, speak to me from your Word today. Number five, keep a spiritual notebook. I should have brought my, my copy from the, from the office, but uh, I just go and buy an A5 hardcover book from ShopRite. They're cheap enough. And I always have one of those with me, always sitting there with me as I have my devotions, writing down things that the Lord shows me from the Scripture. Keep a spiritual notebook. And number six, ask questions as you read. So as you read the Scripture... 
and, and maybe at first, to remember these, you write these, these questions in your spiritual notebooks that you can refer to them as you're reading, but, but ask questions. Let me give you four questions to ask as you read the scriptures. Number one, is there a promise for me to claim? There's not always a promise, but ask that question. Is there a promise for me to claim? Number two, is there a command for me to obey? Is God telling me something clearly in his word that I'm supposed to do? Number three, is there a sin that I am to avoid? And number four, is there a principle for me to follow? Four questions to ask as you read the scriptures. Men, if we are to be the men of God that he has called us to be, if we are to win the battle against bears and lions and giants, if we are to come, if we are to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil, we must take heed to the light. The word of God must be your daily provision. And there's no excuse, men. If you're a Christian, there is no excuse ever for you not to be in the word of God. Why would you, why would you miss your daily food why would you miss the thing that's making you spiritually strong? Why would you miss the thing that is giving light to your path so that you can navigate your life in a way? Why would you skip the very thing that God says will make your way prosperous and bring you good success? Why would we do that? The Word of God must be your daily provision. Know the Word. Love the Word. Live the word. And the word of God will transform your life. Because it is God's word, it transforms us. Men, commit today to establish your daily devotions. Begin tomorrow morning. No more excuses, no more delays. Tomorrow morning. This is my challenge to you. Will you, before God, right where you are, will you bow your head? Will you make a commitment before God? God, through your help and the enabling of your Holy Spirit, I am committing with, by your grace that beginning tomorrow morning, I will seek to have my personal devotions. Find a place. Find a time, get a Bible reading plan so you know where you're going, and ask someone to hold you accountable. Father, I pray that we as men would take up this challenge to be men of God. We cannot be your warriors. We cannot expect spiritual strength and spiritual victories if we fail to love and value the very thing that you gave to us to accomplish all of that in our hearts and minds. I pray that every man attending this conference would make that decision before you that by, by, your, by your kind and gracious help that they will begin tomorrow to establish a personal daily time with you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.